It's Dr. Tennant's Verbal Highs. Let's start the show with Lewis Tennant. Here we go. Guests and interviews that you're looking for with creators, innovators, and so much more. For all episodes and further info, verbalhighs.com is the place to go. Welcome to Dr. Tennant's Verbal Highs, a podcast podcasted from Tamaki Makoto, Auckland, New Zealand. My name is Lewis. I'm the host of the show. If you're new here, kia ora. Uh, if you are a return uh, suspect, then you'll probably know we're up to episode 93. Um, lockdown, not just lockdown and COVID, but um, for wider reasons and in a wider period, if you actually went and looked at the timeline of episodes uh, on my webpage, Verbal highs.com uh, you'd see that there was a bit of a lull for a while i won't get into um broader reasons why but kind of we're back on the juice again back on the juice and um so as i say 93 but i have uh on my whiteboard installed in the room i'm in to make myself feel even more organized than i am um, i have a timeline for getting up to 100 episodes by the 27th or 28th of December. I've only got one guest lined up after this, though. So if you have any suggestions or hookups or connects, uh, verbalhighs uh, at Gmail. And um, just feel free to drop me a line about anything anyway, uh, anytime. Any feedback, welcome. This is a passion project. So my guest was um, Stephen uh, Hamer, a.k.a. Uh, Tipene, uh, a rapper that I discovered. I was thinking about this like... I realized after we chatted that, um, because I don't listen to, I used to be so immersed in listening to music and finding new music, et cetera, et cetera. And to be honest, um, podcasting probably takes up, or podcasts probably take up about 95% of my listening, probably more these days. Anyway, so I was drawn, um, like a lot of people who discovered him, I'm guessing, to a single from quite a few years back now called West Side Hori. My, my my pick for one of the best <laughs> names for a New Zealand hip-hop tune ever. And um, it is a great tune. But as we talk about in the episode, it's got this pop sensibility to it. Or, or you know, it's a, it, it's got a feel and a sound to it um, that will have been part of the reason it's kind of connected to so many people. But I realised, like, I kind of um, went to him kind of knowing, like, if you like, who's an artist? Like, if it were Bob Marley, like, I just, um, you know, had listened to that, what was that compilation called? Legend or whatever? All the smash hits. So it's like I'd heard Buffalo Soldier, you know, great tune, great tune. But um, some of the stuff he played me at the end has got me way deeper into his tune. So I've included one of those tracks at the end. But I must point out that my podcast is in like really low res mono. So certainly the tune will sound audible and stuff, but it won't have the, the stereo hit that um that I was given a slap with before I left his studio the night we recorded um in glorious stereo and um a big chunky wave file but it'll give you a taste but if you want to hear more of his music um he tells me the best place for him for you to go is uh Spotify Enough said. We also talked about if uh, certain key New Zealand rappers were all blacks. Well, he schooled me. Great, it was, uh, it was a great moment. Um, great moment. We talked about Prince Tuiteka, we talked about uh, the Waiata Māori Music Awards, of which he was a recipient of, uh, I think, Best Urban Artist last year. 
Um, Billy T came up in the same breath as Prince Tuiteka. We talked about growing up in Flexmere. Um, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of stuff. And um, uh, what I really like, I, I always say, you know, I love doing all of these episodes. Um, it would be weird if I didn't because, as I say, it's a passion project. But um, what I liked about this one was we, did, we didn't know each other from Adam when we started and um, I actually turned up to the studio uh, nine ten at night, one of the later ones I've done. Felt like somewhere I should be picking up a package, to be honest. <laughs> no such luck. Um, and uh, it was actually the studio for, for Potama Music Studio, which we talk about as well, a youth work um, uh, initiative that that, 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 um, that TPN is involved with. Um, oh, look, I was about to go into that, but what's the point in having a conversation if you don't hear it play out in said conversation? But anyway, it took uh, about... I reckon it's about 10 minutes in, you'll hear we kind of find our footing with each other. Um, and then it just it, it definitely, the rhythm and the kind of depth and openness of the conversation happens about then. Um, why don't I just edit out the first 10 minutes when that happens, which it often does. Most of them I've noticed in some way or another kind of kick into gear 10, 15 minutes in. Well, it's because to me, that's part of listening to a conversational podcast, yeah? You listen to the whole conversation, not a kind of edited highlights reel. Um, and, you you know, part of the appeal for me anyway is kind of hearing those moments uh, and, and so on. Um, so, yeah, talked a lot about the episode today, which is unusual. I don't really have much else to report on. Um, it's feeling like the better end of 2020 is upon us. It's daylight savings. Um, I started going to the gym. Um, students are kind of turning up to class. Had three today, which was awesome out of 28. Um, it's not really awesome when that happens. It's a bit of a bummer, but it is what it is. I think lockdown really affected them. You know, people's rhythms out. I think a lot of people have got like parents, uh, maybe old, more older parents. There, you know, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of unknowns this year. And there's a lot of like, you know, don't ask, just try and give people the best support you can. Um, that sounds like a good um, a good uh, meditation for life in general, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. Um, there's 92 other shows at verbalhighs.com. There is uh, Verbal Highs podcast on Facebook. If you could like there, that's great. More numbers, the better. Um, that's currency these days, eh? And also, it's a way you can drop me a line. Verbal highs on Twitter. I mainly just up eps there, but I'm contactable there as well. Again, if you know a guest, give me a holler. Um, I have a donate button. I don't really talk about it too much, but it is coming up to the time where I renew the website again, which is a few hundred dollars each year. So if you could drop a few bucks there, that'd be great. In a Patreon style, you know what I mean? Like, so even if it's a small amount and a bunch of you do that, that would be a real um, help. Okay, enjoy the episode and um, all going well. We'll have another um, six or seven, oh man, up by the end of the year. Who should be episode 100? Who should be episode 100? Verbal high straight down from up above. How's your mic? How's your headphone volume? Oh, you know. <laughs> soon oh, find, soon find out. Oh, wow. What's that? Yeah, yep. Sounds good, eh? Sounds real good. They flash. Put a bit of compression on that at the end. Why won't this download? Oh, no. Oh, no. That's weird. Do I come like right up here? Yeah, if you want to. No, you, you no. Got, you're, a oh, rap, you're a rapper, bro. You're obliged we'll right to. Here. We'll right so we're going to go like we're going to do an interview, not looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't say I've done that before. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'll look at my phone, and um, I'm just going to turn mine off. So. Cool. Get the oh, oh yeah, shit. that's right. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's right. Okay, um, turn that off as well. Boom! Look at that. 
You know actually where I want to start? Because it's funny when you're saying, oh, you did your research, that's good. Mm. Is, I assume that Tipene was part of your birth name, but it's not. So where does that, um, where does the, where does your handle come from? Um, so the name Tipene, um, my, my birth name is Stephen. Yeah. And Tipene is Māori for Stephen. Ah, of course. Yeah, but... but that's simple. But, well, yeah. Yeah, that's simple, but um, I was named after my big sister, named me after her high school crush <laughs> that she had at the time. Yeah. And, yeah, and she liked this follower, and she said, oh, I'm going to name him Stephen. <sighs> yeah, so um, funny, because about five years ago, she seen that same dude. And he I was going to cr- say, did she have any success? <laughs> well, no, she didn't. She just had a crush, but she, yeah. saw, she saw that dude like five, ten years ago. And he's apparently fat and ugly now, so. Oh. <laughs> so you're ca- so you're carrying the good. You've got the good good fight end of it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Tipene Tipene kind of came uh, from Kohanga, so right Kohanga Reo where um, we went there. My nannies didn't call me Stephen; they called me Tipene. So um, I responded to that. And, yeah, you know, you grew into that. It wasn't until I had to get a license <laughs> when I find out my name was Stephen. Oh, so, really? Well, right. So, yeah, right, 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 right. I had a couple nicknames. So, for all intents and purposes, that's your name. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Unless you got a passport or a license or whatever. Um, so, I said we kind of started at the beginning, man. Um, you're from the East Coast. You're from the Hawke's Bay. And um, talk about Flaxman, man. It's quite unique, eh? Because it's like, I was thinking about it like it's like, it's sort of on its own island in a lot of ways, eh? It doesn't have a, doesn't have a main road in or out as such like other places. Yeah, for sure. It's not on the way to anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely it's on its own bazaar. Flaxmere, um, I would say it's more of a, a rural town or yeah. a country town than a, a city town. You know, yeah, Hastings is just up the road, but yeah. even Hastings is not much of a city. It's kind of uh, just uh, you got more shops. Yeah. But uh, Flaxmere, um, surrounded by orchards, um, things like that, you know, um, high Pacific Island, Māori community. Yeah. Um, yeah, and all the rest that comes with it. Growing on up, like you said, you're late thirties, so you're kind of a nineties kid. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Yeah, because I'm sort of eighties, just a few years older, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think musically, definitely influenced yeah. by the nineties more so. Yeah. But then grew up on all sorts, man. Um, the music I listened to um, are my parents, Lionel Richie's, the Prince Tui Teka, yeah. the, um, the High Marks, and. Commodores and all of that, but in terms of the um, scene itself and influence on me, yeah, yeah definitely nineties R and B hip hop, still the best. Was that like the soundtrack to school in Hastings? Because in my era, I've talked about other other episodes about this. Like, I mean, this is pretty like this is generalizing, right? But mm-hmm. it was kind of like there was pop, there was like the music on the radio, and then there was like the rap guys and the metal guys. Yeah. Were there a lot of people into hip hop, or was it that kind of like tribal thing of? Were there the metal hits? <laughs> uh, they were everywhere. Yeah, um, Bone Thugs, man. Bone yeah. Thugs was was a huge one. I think in general, uh, was it was Bone Thugs or Wu Tang. Yeah, you know, um, growing up because there were groups that came and went, uh, but in terms of rap and some, you know, the Stayers, you know, yeah, Wu Tang. I mean, they're still going strong. Uh, but Bone Thugs, I, I was a Bone Thug man. Why? I think it's more the melodic type raps, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, that, that sort of really 
made me go, oh man, that's quite cool, you know. There used to, there was a couple of videos of these I came across before I knew much about them years ago. Yeah, I just watched them over and over and just be like, those yeah. harmonies and that, that's such a quite a unique sound, but then like mm. hearing like, I know Goody Mob aren't quite the same, but there's, mm. I did, there wasn't, I didn't know a lot about that kind of, that kind of sound then. Mm. Um, that's quite hardcore rap for high school, bro, Wu-Tang or... Oh, bro, there was still NWA, Easy e and all of that, so yeah. it was kind of like a, I wouldn't say a toned-down version, but, you know, you couldn't play Easy es album out loud because, you know, everyone would get offended. <laughs> but so, yeah. I, I always had it on my beat tape, yeah. So what was the, like, were, were people ciphering, and, or was it like, were you one of the only people, like, I assume you were starting to, like, write rhymes on the back of your books and stuff back then, or was there a bunch of you, or were you kind of, like, the outlier? Um, yeah, um... Not publicly. Yeah. I don't think publicly because, you know, um, it's that tall poppy syndrome. No one wants to be too cool. and. But were there other people who wanted to rap yes, at high school? Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There were. Um, but we all knew who each other were. It wasn't like we went and answered talent questions yeah, and yeah. that sort of stuff, um, which we've always talked about and never quite did. Um, I, I, maybe things would have turned out a little bit different if we did. But I think um, in my circles, there were a, a lot of MCs, uh, a lot of rappers, um, and, you know, singers as well. There weren't yeah. many beat makers. That, that was the struggle. Well, one. man, back then in New Zealand, like, it was way harder to get hold of gear, man. Like, oh, yeah, man. E- even in, in the big cities, like, mm. yeah, I talked to Tere Moana about that when I had her on. Like, she was one of the first people who brought, you know, a good good setup in New Zealand. And, yeah, it was mm. odd. I mean, the late 90s, like, I remember, like, it was buzzy when I knew someone who had a CD burner, you know, let alone, <laughs> Straight up. Let, let, alone a, let alone something to make tunes on. Now, um, now, now it's a buzz out if someone's got a CD. <laughs> you were like, hey, my last guest came over and gave me one. I'm like, I've got a CD player <laughs> in my car, bro. You don't know how much that album is going to get listened to. That's my up. last guest. <laughs> yeah. So, like, with that, you know, I find that, like, a lot of people, there's this thing that happens, I reckon, eh, with kids going into adulthood, and I find it... I mean, I know that life gets in the way and stuff, but mm. some people just drop that stuff at a certain age and kind of like get a grow up and get a haircut and all of that. Um, how many others of your contemporaries at high school kind of carried on with it? Have you got people? You know, people who are still rapping and I've got I've got um, a, a core group of about three um, that still rap, but still the same way, not publicly. Yeah, you know, like I've got I've some got, of those guys are often the illest, those underground. Oh. Straight up, my, yeah, yeah. My bro Waka and and um, Zombies and you know some of the dudes that you they don't look like they make music, but yeah. they bloody do. And um, we've just got a relationship where we create something in the same space. And um, you know, if I go to use it, then I, they're just pretty much like, yeah, man, I made that for you. Oh, I'm beat like, makers. Well, beat makers, but rhymers as well. Because yeah. um, um, you said, yeah. oh, you've done your research. That's good. Because um, in, ni- in 1999, <laughs> you're in Tribal Syndicate with yeah, the fellow yeah. you mentioned, right? Yep. But was he a rapper back then, rather? He than- was. Because he's still, he still got beats on your new album, right? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so Waka, um, one of the things I struggled with um, as an MC, or what was a challenge, was freestyle rhyming, yeah. you know, impromptu rhyming off the top. And I had no idea. I knew how to write a rhyme. Yeah. But this uh, Waka was the one that really kind of pushed that out of me, kind really? of squished it. You know, and you, <laughs> it's that kind of ego thing too. When when people don't want to say something, it's not fire, and they might get judged, and you know, might make a mistake, and all those kinds of things. It didn't really exist in that circle um, yeah. with the bro because he was just he was just one of those dudes that were just 
he was a crafty he was a crafty dude, you know. Is he still in the bay? Yeah, no, nah, he's actually up here in Auckland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to him. Cool. Um, but we we got some stuff on the new, you know, on the new album as well. Um, on this, we're working on some new music. Um, I think um, if I was to um, say there were, if there was someone that I sparred with, like a fighter would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Waka would be the one, um, most definitely. How's this man? Like, so you must know if you got into freestyle, you must know Supernat, right? Supernatural. You have to. Okay, okay. What am I dealing with here? <laughs> I'm saying that to you. Um, you know, so I was thinking, like, that's the, the freestyle thing that fascinates me, and, like, I'm, mm. I'm not trying to take away from this, like, don't take, take, take this the wrong way, mm. but to me, he's one of the only ones who truly like freestyles. Mm. Like, um, what how, what is it, man? Is it, a, is it a combo of kind of, like, pre-learned stuff, or did you ever get to that... This isn't on you. I'm yeah. meaning that 98 percent of freestylers I've seen, yeah, you, they have you know you have stuff prepped. I think that um, the gif if that you're talking about if we're speaking on Supernat, yeah, as he can contextualize it to the situation that he's in right in that moment. So, in my experience, I'm not saying it's his, but in my experience, you have an arsenal of words. Yeah, you have an arsenal of words that link with other words that link with other yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, um, and depending on the context and where you are at that particular moment. Yeah. Just think about it like a drop-down menu. Yeah. You know, like if you had a word like um, protocol. You yeah. Know, then you'd have another one, you know, know-it-all, flow is raw. Wow. Um, you know, but... It's but after still, 9 p.m. I can't rhyme anything <laughs> with protocol, bro. But, but still, but still, you'd okay. have to find a way to link them yeah, um, yeah. to that time, that particular yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, to, to that space, to the people you're battling with, yeah. to like all of that. Yeah. There's other things. It's funny you saying you got an arsenal of words. Like he, I remember in that doco. I can't remember the doco. Mm. Oh, freestyling the art of rhyme. That doco. Oh, yeah, I know the one. Yeah. He, uh, it's I, he basically learnt the dictionary like the Quran or something yep. like. Yeah, most words. This is weird, bro. This is not where I meant to go at all. But that's what a convo is about. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So from there, so that's two thousand. Then there's a sort of a jump to about twenty twelve in terms of what I could find out about you, and, sure. that, and that's um, when you released a kind of a like uh, mixtape version of the album now, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Um, in that. First ten years of the of of the, I guess this millennium, um, were you just building your craft and like did you stick at rhyming and and yeah. and, and rap and hip hop and yeah yeah I, I definitely did. Um, anyone that knows me yeah like whether I was in the freezing works or in the apple sheds or in the playing rugby I was always rhyming yeah like it was just a part of me you know? yeah I'll be rhyming things just. It got annoying for some of my family members. I was going to say probably at the freezing works too. Yeah. Like, oh, shut no. the f- <laughs> Well, to be fair, uh, you're doing a robotic job. So any no, kind absolutely, of, Any man. kind of yeah, thing yeah. that made you not think about being a robot yeah. was, was kind of encouraged. Yeah. So, you know, the, yeah. the brain um, wondered quite a lot. And the, I wrote a lot of songs with um, on the chain. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah, is the work still open down there? Yeah, yeah, uh, the works. Yeah, they're still open. Only just though. I, I was going to say, like, uh, sorry to cut off, man, but like yeah. a lot of New Zealand's newer woes are like other places where all of that stuff shut down years ago. Mm, mm. So I know there's like not a lot of options for employment, but no. I worry for so, somewhere like Flaxmere or just a, you know provincial New Zealand mm. if something like that goes. What do you mean hanging on? What, what are they changing it? Are they moving it to somewhere else? Or well, the last I seen was. Um, they, they 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 had a boning room, so I worked in the, the last one. I worked in the lamb boning room, yeah. And they had um, got this uh, pretty much this robot, 
yeah. to, to, to do the same job, right? Yeah. They bought one robot. They just invested in this robot. And it could do everything a human could do. Didn't, yeah, yeah. Didn't have no breaks. It didn't have no injuries. <laughs> put a bit of oil in the top didn't, of it. It didn't have no issues from home that it yeah. was bringing to work. It didn't spit on the ground. Yeah. Um, all these things. And um, right then when I saw that, I was like, it's time to move on because yeah. these dudes, once they once these dudes start coming in, we're going to have no use I for I like them. the way you refer to it like it's sentient, you know? Yeah. That fellow with the one eye and the arm. The bro, you know? <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to look far to see, hey, man, we need to be thinking about using our brains a bit more and using our talents. And, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, I get it, gifts, man. man. Yeah. It's like... Bro, there's so many levels, as I say, to like different parts of New Zealand and the struggles they face. But like now you're out of there because mm. um, some people, like my great uncle before he had an accident, um, would have been a lifer at the freezing works. Yeah. Was it? It must have been pretty fucking shit work. Like, um, uh, for me, because uh, I'm a physical dude, like yeah. um, you know, rugby, working on the farm, yeah. you know, duck shooting was kind of like the pastime, and yeah, you know, um, anything, anything physical was was a good thing so the, the meat yeah, works yeah, yeah, yeah. was was a cool way to that you could have a knife and not get you know arrested for it um you could chop things up yeah uh, a bit of blood you know and, yeah uh, and and like think about you know verses and lines and what rhymes with protocol well, yeah um, well i guess yeah but i wasn't look by the way there i didn't mean oh that's a shit job not mm-hmm. at all quite the opposite i meant i just was acknowledging that that's a tough road man if you end that's up doing tough. that job you're doing that job as a lifer which a lot of people do it's tough man it's yeah. tough I, I talk to a lot of um my my uh, my friends they're good still my good friends yeah and the meat works about you know hey man have you thought about what's you know what any sort of end game for yourself yeah and, yeah you know, a lot of them didn't have no idea. They they just kind of said, "No, this is me. This is the this is the end of the road for me." And some of them were only like in their late thirties, forties. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Man, this has got to be a state of mind." Yeah, yeah. And when yeah. I told them I was going to do music and I'm going to release some music on the on on the radio and and do these shows, and they were like, "How how, how are you going to do that?" Yeah. How did you do that? Because how did it start? Well, man. So, aside from the I'm going to do this, great start. Yeah. Good, always a good place to start, eh? I'm going to do this. Yeah, well. How, how, what, what happened after that? I didn't actually know what to do. Yeah. I just said, well, this is what my heart wants to do. Yeah. Um, basically, my mum my mum got sick. This is actually when it started getting real because I was always rapping. I was yeah, always yeah. making music, doing shows, whatever, but only locally. Yeah. Uh, when she got sick with cancer, um, you know, we had to. We, we were stuck financially, yeah. quite quite bad. Because you're, you're a big, big immediate family, right? Huge immediate family, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but because we're, we're, we're a, bit of, a bit of mixed lollies everywhere, there's 13 of us, yeah. um, you know, in, in our immediate group, I was the go-to, you know? Yeah. So um, I was like, man, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this, can't do this on a meatworks wage, because I don't know if you ever paid for a tangy before, but it ain't cheap when you've no. got a family as big as mine. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Okay, so mum was still around at the time, and I thought, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? I spoke to my wife, and and she was just like, man, I don't really know. I mean, all these people at the house, it was hectic. Yeah. Um, Where's this? This is in Hastings. No, when, right? Sorry, mate. Oh, this was um, 2011. Oh, yeah, so we could, yeah, we're up to... Yeah, yeah, yeah we're around that. Yeah, but that period where I asked you about the change, change on over, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah, yep. so I, I thought, man, I'm going to make a CD. I'm going to put some songs in it. Yeah. That was my great idea. My mum always encouraged me to do music. Yeah. She, she, every time I chose to do something else, she said, you should be doing music. And I didn't really believe myself at the time. 
Um, but anyway, I thought, well, I'm just going to do what mum's always told me to do. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I made the CD. Um, I um, heard about this thing called the Hip Hop Summit. Yeah. Um, that was it was actually in Manuku um, that yeah, year. Yeah. Um, Johnny Singala and uh, and um, oh, I can't forget, I can't remember the other lady's name, Queen Shirley. Yeah. They were organising it, and I was like, man, I want to go to that. Because I had been to one previously when Severe and them were running them, and they were huge. huge. And I was like, they were huge for a while, man. I was yeah, like, yeah. Well, I need to get it. I need to get on that place because if I if I got on that stage, then I'd I'd be able to reach all these people, and I'm hopefully sell these CDs that yeah. I made, you know, for Koha, and that that was the first EP called Totoko. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I came up, and long story short, um, I didn't realize you had to register to be on that show. Yeah, I didn't register. I just drove up, and you know, I thought, oh, can I jump up? And they were like, oh, no, you can't. Yeah. I was like, oh, what? Did you do a Flavor Flav? You know, the bum rush. <laughs> oh, but no, well, you know, like hip-hop, man, I love it. And, yeah. and, and down home there isn't a lot of really mature hip-hop. It's a lot of, like, yeah, yeah. you know, um, quite green, uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so to actually see people that lived and breathed hip-hop was, was, was buzzy for me. So And who are, like, Doing the like mm. business, the music business side yeah, of things man. as well. Yeah, yeah. So where all the dots connect. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Severe was there, DLT yeah. was there, Professor Rest in Love, my bro, yeah. was there. Um, you know, Dan Tippett and all those dudes were there. Oscar, yeah. uh, sorry, not Oscar. Um, uh, Otis, Otis, yeah. Otis, um, Slave, and I was like, man, I know these dudes. Yeah. Anyway, um, King Caps, all, all those. Anyway, um, Came to jumping on a stage, and um, there was a cipher that broke out. First yeah. sort of cipher I'd seen for ages, like, because you know, ciphers are back in uh, Flaxmere. Um, but I saw an actual real cipher, and I was like, oh, mean. So I obviously I gravitated towards it. Yeah. And it was a huge circle, must have been about 20 rappers. <clears throat> anyway, it came to me, I did my thing after the um, thing sort of broke up. So a couple of guys said, man, when, when are you up? Are you, are you on the stage today? I was like, nah, man. They're like, what? How come you're not on the stage? And I'm like, oh, man, I, had, I didn't know you had to register. They're like, where are you from? I was like, flax me. And they're like, where the hell is that? Because they were Auckland dudes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this dude, his name's True Sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's a um, he's an OG everything, man. He's yeah. four, four elements guy. True Slee? True That's a good name. Lee, man. Oh, True Slee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone in the hip-hop scene knows this dude, bro. And yeah. He, he, you know, he, he actually gave me a spot, bro. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, to jump up. Over Based around. on the cipher, well, I guess so. Yeah, that's know. awesome. But but the so dude, so you 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 what you were doing spoke for itself instead of registering, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I I kind of knew the dude, um, but yeah, for him to do that, I thought, wow, that's amazing. So I jumped up, did my raps, sold some CDs, and and, and that's kind of how I got around, you know. Um, but then the thing with the story yeah. with your with your mother, you're doing a fundraiser for her, yeah, like. Did you sell enough CDs at the summit for that to make a dent in what you guys needed to do? Man, that's such a good story. It definitely started. You started. Uh, it started there, and then yeah. it started circulating. People started talking, started asking me online, and, you know. And, so, were you putting them in envelopes and mailing them out and stuff as well? Well, yeah. I yeah, said, awesome. I'll drive to your house if I have to. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And, but a lot of people were quite open to just, you know, like, man, that's cool. You're yeah. doing that, and... Um, you know, within a sort of about three to four weeks, I made enough to to take care of everything. That's amazing, you know? man. And, that is and, amazing. Yeah, and then I went back home. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, as you say, like you don't really know the and like you, what I mean is, well, you know the business because you did that. It's a hustle, mm, mm. but you weren't really connected. But just with that one event, for that to happen in four weeks, that's amazing, man. Yeah. And then um, Warners find it right, like you actually yeah. get 
a label come to you. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the phone call was hard case. Yeah. Um, but because I didn't know what Warners were, and all yeah, they yeah, were. I, I, I'm actually related to some Warners back home, so I, I thought, yeah. Oh, there was that, the neighbours calling. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but nah, man. Can like, you shut the gate? You yeah, keep leaving the gate open. I was like, man, come and grab your kids. <laughs> nah, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I think what what it did is it planted the seed and it, it actually started. Um, you know, a wave of of of, of cool stuff. <laughs> what happened there, man? Like, because twenty twelve, like, mm. did did you even know to like with record companies and stuff? You got to like get a lawyer to look over and stuff, or did not get that serious? Like, yeah, oh, well, I had some friends that that, that um look after the uh, music awards, the Maori music awards. Yeah, back and so and they gave things. you a bit of guidance. Yeah, and she said there was nothing in there that kind of made I should be worried about. And 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 she was right, you know, because I was with them, you know, for for a good five six years, and the guys there were cool, man. What were they? Know? What what did what did it do for you? Like what eventuated with it? I think it just really um, pushed my music. It, it just made me kind of official. Yeah, yeah, think. fully. Yeah. yeah, it made me look. It made me feel not just look, but it made me feel like a pro. Like. Man, the stuff is on the radio. I never had a song. On oh, the they radio. were getting it right, so they were plugging your tunes on the radio. Well, and yeah, stuff. I mean, like, got you on like um, I get, I'm guessing my and stuff for a yeah, start. Yeah, my, my and, and and so I was mowing the lawns. I remember this like yesterday, man. I yeah. was mowing the lawns. My daughter comes flying out the door and she was <laughs> screaming at me. Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't know. I was turning the mower down and she's like, oh, "Your songs on the radio," and I was like, "What songs on the radio?" So we had a Honda Odyssey at the time. I had a. Anyway, was it my? It was my. Yeah, bro. Uh, you know, out of all stations, you probably already know this. Mm. Like, a lot of people listen to my man. Yeah, it's not like getting it on a lot of the other stations. It's big listenership, mm, right? Mm, especially for hip hop. Yeah, you know. Uh, and then I heard it play, and I just kind of, I just, I was stunned, man. Like, whoa. Yeah. This is the first time out of Hastings or out of Flaxmere, out yeah. of Hawke's Bay, that yeah. my songs have been played, but not just anywhere. It's my FM, you know. Yeah. Like, holy damn. And you sound like you got, I say, the hustle, the natural businessman in you, like, surely you go, well, that's a sign I can start, like, trying to go and play different places? Yeah. And, or did, the, the, did they help you with that? And well, stuff? no, they pretty much just said, look, people are asking about you now. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know, I'm like, well, well I'm going to make some more songs. Yeah. And make some music videos. That was a crack up, bro, making the music for music music video for West Side Hori. Oh, that's how I found you, man. That track is great. Yeah. I think it's opened a lot of doors for you, man. It's just such a great tune. Who made that beat, by the way? Um, that was Juice from Juice. That's that's my also Juice One, even yeah. man, but yeah. Juice is kind of early days damn native, like there's there's is one of his um album covers up there, right in the middle, the white one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um but he was behind Smash Proof and um ty- early Tyree Sid yeah, you can tell um, he's got an ear for a pop hook. Not, that, I mean, not that it's mm, a pop tune per se, yeah. but it's like you play that. To, you know, like I could play that to my mum, and she'd yeah. like the sound of that. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. got that. It's got that to it. It's definitely, but it still it. hits. It still hits. Yeah. Now you talk about making the video because you can tell in that video that that that's there's some real stuff going on in that. Bro, bro, <laughs> that was so crack up because uh, you know, I obviously I was not, I was green as I never made a video before. Yeah. So um, what I did was um, I went down to the Polytech. Yeah, and I was like, man, um, I'm going to make a video, and I need people that got video stuff, you know. Which local polytech? Yeah, the EIT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So EIT had a film course. Yeah, right. And um, actually, this was quite cool too because Chris Graham. Yeah. He heard about my signing. He heard the song, 
and he said, look, man, I'm doing a, um, a class down in Hawke's Bay, man. Like, you might want to come along. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, what is this? And he goes, I'm just doing like a masterclass sort of inspiring these young producers and stuff. I was like, oh, cool. And I knew him from his mahi with, with everyone, really. With everyone, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, that's Chris Graham. He's like the flipping champ. Anyway, um, we did this exercise, man. I had this song, and he said, look, we're going to do this exercise. Everyone, there was 20, 20 um, future producers, film people in the, in the whare, and they said, look, he get, turn, turn all the lights off. And he said, I'm going to play you this song, right? And I want you all to, I'm going to give you all five minutes to propose something and how you would approach the like song. It. Look at see people pitching to you. They were pitching right on the spot. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So there was about twenty of them. Um, some of them were pretty way out ideas, and you know they weren't really listening to the song. They were just yeah, trying yeah. to prove themselves as filmmakers and special effects and all this. Right. And there was this one parkier guy, you know, he just said, "Look, um, I've had a pretty privileged life. Like I've never lived like that. But yeah. you know, if I was to do that, I'd probably start where he grew up." And I'm like, "Right, this is the dude, bro." Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the dude, you know. Yeah. And we we made five, six, seven videos, um, all for Totoko, the album, you know. Um, Who this um, young st- student guy yeah. was your director? Well, no, I was the director, but yeah. I needed someone that could work the camera and edit. And so he did it all? Okay. Yeah. So he got a bit of, he got a portfolio early on as well? That yeah, yeah, great, man. yeah. I and he that. started his own um, company. He was the only one out of that whole class that went on to start his own film company. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's funny, like, talent spots talent and all of that and like yeah he's the guy in the class that was the one that went on to yeah that's right yeah we had zero in common but he saw my vision yeah you know and he wanted to do what he wanted to do and chris graham was there and he was like man i want to be like chris graham I'm like cool yeah 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 so that's um but but filming the video bro when we went into filming um was a day out i told everyone man turn up here and i just heard you i tell your story but the thing that cracked me out was when you said something like everyone thought who's this fella is like who is he blowing hot air or whatever <laughs> pretty no much. one's gonna make a music video here well that's the thing it was <laughs> everyone was so skeptic about it like <laughs> why the hell would you want to shoot any bloody thing in this rugged street you know and and, and they, to be fair wasn't the prettiest looking street yeah. but i just said look i'm gonna shoot it here because i grew up here yeah and you guys can jump in if you want so anyway, it came to the day and I was like, oh crap, how am I going to hear the song out loud? Because I don't, I was playing it in my stereo. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Bluetooth speaker ain't going to cut it. There wasn't really a Bluetooth speaker <laughs> then, man, you know? Yeah, even one of those small ones. Yeah, yeah, now. The, the, no one's going to hear that. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh. So I was driving through town, I was panicking around my Wi-Fi. Anyway, I went past um, this truck, man. And it was like Joan Lomu truck. Yeah. You know, had this had yeah. the big subs and everything and uh, the dude's name's Wedemu. He's a Flexme boy too. He's got this place called Big Noise in town. Yeah. There's this big orange truck, man. I was like, Man, I'm sure that's got some fat speakers in there. So yeah. I rolled up and I said, Hey bro, if I give you fifty bucks, come down the hood and blow it up. Yeah. Um and they said, Oh, yeah, when? And I said, Well, now? And he was like, Yeah, cool. I see you down there. Because he knew where exactly where to come too. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, opened the back of his truck and then played the CD and was went boom and everyone was like, "Holy block crap. party!" Yeah, man, and 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 then people started coming out of their houses and yeah. what the hell's going on here? Next minute they're like dancing along with the song and everyone that comes out on the song, 
they weren't kind of that was organic. to be there. Yeah, yeah, they just oh, kind of walked out. But that's so cool because, like, hearing about you teaming up with a dude to put it together, mm. like, I thought that is what you guys envisaged. Like, it was kind of what you envisaged, but it played yeah. out even better. Is that a good way of describing yeah, it? Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we sort of had a plan. We did not yeah. stick to any of it. We just said, I said, bro, we need to come here. And we just started filming. We need to go to the Marae. We need to film there. And then we, we had a skateboard that I grew up playing in the skateboard. Yeah. But there no no kids go down there anymore because they've got a new skateboard. Yeah. So I said, well, let's just roll down to the new one. You know, and they didn't know what we were doing. They just yeah. heard the music and they were like, yeah. And they just carried on skating. So my, cause my, my the take is um, that, and it really comes out in the video, is the idea behind the video was obviously like the lyrics, right? It's like, mm. well, shit ain't perfect here. But we're a community, we stick yeah. together uh, through thick and thin. Pretty much. Yeah. And um, I just, I, I, I buzz on that video, eh? Like, not only the tune, like, that's a tune I'll come back and actually watch on YouTube because the video, it, it's, A, it makes me feel good, but mm. it just so perfectly fits the tune. Thank you, man. Did you get um? Did you did you get it out a lot of places? I suppose YouTube's the place these days. I, was, I just realised I was about twenty years out. I was going to say, did you get it on television? But I suppose it's about YouTube views, it's, right? Well, well, I, I, we're not on television. Yeah, I played on Juice like I don't know how many times. Yeah, it, it got featured on quite a bit. Like it kind of was quite overwhelming, man. You know? I yeah. Was like, I thought that someone might play it and go, yeah, you know. But everywhere I looked, I heard. Bing! I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. uh, this is pretty cool. No, something I didn't forget about, think about till now, because like, um, sometimes people can just be like, um, the fun police? Did the like literal police or anyone turn up and go, what are you doing? Like, did you have to, I didn't really think about that before, did you just set it up and film and do it and hope you pretty, got away with it? Yeah. Well, we just we just did it and before anyone knew what was going on, we were gone. Yeah. But um, this is a funny story, man, this there's a place where we're sitting on the veranda of this yeah. house, which is the house I grew up yeah. in. And um, obviously, I had, we'd moved long before that. And yeah. you know, I knocked on the door, and I just said to the people that were in there, hey, man, we're going to shoot a music video yeah. on the porch. And they were like, oh, what? On this porch? Yeah. What the hell for? And I was like, because this is my house, man. And they were like, really? Oh, well, all good. I mean, what, is it going to go on TV or something? I said, yeah, it'll be on TV. And they were like, oh, whatever. That sounds like a Taika Waititi film moment. Is it going to be on TV? Yeah, Yeah. it'll be on TV. But they didn't believe me. They didn't believe me. Anyway, when it actually made it on TV, they messaged me on Facebook and they were like, oh, man, I didn't know you for real. We could have have probably done the lawns or something. Nah, that's the thing you don't want, man. That's what makes that video, is exactly what you said. It just just rolled out organically. Yeah, man. No one, like, came and painted the sign in the main street or whatever. It's like, (laughs) it is what it is. It is exactly what it is. And um, another thing I hadn't thought of before is... um, because I don't really understand. I know the basics of how this works, but mm. has it monetized on YouTube? Because I think yeah. I probably clicked it enough. Like, has is, is it got enough views that you've seen a little money for, from YouTube? And is it is it kind of even worth it with what they give you? Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't actually see anything, Yeah, to be honest. Um, that was a Warner thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, which I kind of learnt about, and I sort of thought to myself, okay, well, I need to do this on my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm thankful for that um, journey because they helped me to get my music out. That's the thing, man, yeah. with the modern industry versus the one that was around about 40 years that's kind of wound down now. Yeah. Is it's that, is it a catch-22 or a double-edged sword? I don't know what the expression is, but both have their advantages, even mm. though you always hear about big record companies basically robbing musicians, which mm. is true a lot of the time. 
um, if you you never a lot of people are never going to be noticed on that large scale. Um, otherwise, and I think that's a big dilemma for like your bandcamp artist or whatever these days is. Yeah. Eh? like you're hella talented, but how do you how do you get it out there? Yeah. You know, I think the thing is people are too too short sighted. You know, they're, they're trying to get some 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 stuff like straight away, straight away. As soon as I sell this, straight away, straight away. Like 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 yeah. You know, but but more so if they make music and they put it out, they're, they're, they're trying to they're just watching the you know how, how much do we get how much how 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 instant you know, gratification. Like, uh, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, and I was like, man, this is a marathon, man. Like for me, that doesn't matter to me. Those little whatever, but. It's the show, man, where you get that. You yeah. Know? Because when people turn up to your show and yeah. they've clicked on your song a squillion times and they know every single lyric, yeah. they are part of that show. And shows are where it's at now. I mean, I know you don't, you're not doing it for but, but for, for a career hmm. um, income-wise, but you want an audience, A, Most but you want a bit of cheddar if you've had a bit of success as well. Well, that's right, man. You, yeah. you, there's a lot of hard work, sacrifice, and you yeah. would have heard this over and over, even in the mahi that you do. But in saying that, you know, I'm like, well, I've got kids and, you know, I've got a family. And, yeah. And if I'm out all day working hard and I'm coming home zonked, you know, I'd better come home with something for them. So, yeah. you know, it does come down to that, but it's not driven by that. Because we're sitting in, um, what do you call it? A, is it a youth centre that you work in or what would you call it? Because oh, we're sitting yeah. in your the music studio part of that now. We haven't really talked about that yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Talk a little bit about here because I've got a question about here related to advice you give them. But what yeah. do you what do you do here, bro? So um, Rangatahi, so I, I wrote um, a program called Potama, yeah. which is basically um, for young men or young people to explore their culture yeah. through music. So what what happens is you know um, I learn about the you know the fuckapapa of this place with the history, yeah. and I learn about these young people and who they are, where they're from, and I sort of teach them a little bit about who they um, who they are, and take yeah. them to the Maunga, take them to the Awa, take them to the Marae. How many people are here? At a, like, are we talking like twenty? No, nah, it's not a it's not a class per se. You per know? se, yeah. It, it's a case by case thing. You know, I've got you. Yeah. Because yep. these 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 people these kids they think they're from LA you know they think they're uh, gangsters yeah. they yeah, think yeah, they're yeah. from Compton you're trying to connect them with the, who, who they, they are, are. Yeah. exactly but but using music as the vehicle yeah the same way it actually happened for me and who refers them to you yeah so the, um, there's a few ways it happens yeah. um, this is this 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 set up here is um, through the youth justice system great man yeah. so is it part of a diversion program to stop them going down the like jail system or yeah um it's or earlier on like before they yeah uh, it's it's life skills man yeah so yeah, it's based yeah. on life skills because these these young fellas they haven't been taught none they yeah. just kind of left to run ragged and, and yeah. trying to work things out for themselves blow things up you know so they don't have any life skills like you know and you want to get them before they enter the system like well they already are in the system you know it's about giving them navigate um, yeah skills to navigate um the world they live in but they're not in um they're not in adult jail yet or anything not like that. Not adult jail, no. Yeah, no. I, the reason I'm extending this out is because that, that's my old man's tale. He, like, went into right. which would, would have been Borstal or whatever it was called in the mm. 70s. Notorious mm. stories. But once he was in that system and his mum said, I don't want anything to do with you anymore, it's just like jail door in, jail door out, jail door in, jail door out. Straight so up. it's part as well. Yeah, yeah. Interesting so thing there. Uh, music is an is a, is a area of interest for the, for the young person. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I pretty much uh, build on that and, and give them... You know, give them some skills. Basically, it's about reflection. Yeah. You know, if they can reflect on things, they can write about it. If they can write about it and capture it, record it, make a beat, make a music video, then that is their tool that they can always refer back to. Yeah. 
you know. So yeah, yeah. Even if it's for um just um you know like mental health and stuff, just being able to have that mechanism to like put it down. This is where I am. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm feeling. It's where I'm at. Tika, yeah, that that there is um you have to remind yourself. Even as adults, we have to remind ourselves. You know that hey man, we do. When things get tough, you know, yeah, things get like tough. Like twenty twenty, <laughs> straight up, man. That's a, you know, yeah. um, everybody's thinking around in circles, and yeah, um, you know, had a lot of time to themselves. You know, good and bad, pros and cons. But um, you know, if you can if you can reflect on things and and figure out what worked, what didn't, how can we do it better, those kinds of things. You know, that's kind of the stuff that you know we impart on these young fellas to help them to navigate their own world. Because you what you referred to before, I. Th- what I kind of read into you going to New York oh. was that was your penny drop. Like I read it, like I've never heard you actually say this, but yeah. felt to me like we'll get to how you ended up in New York in a sec because that's yeah. a good story that as well. Is but um, to me, it was like you thought that someone told you to go to New York oh. to go and see how the real hip hop worked in New York, <laughs> and you kind of did to an extent. Yeah. But what I took what I took away that you took away was that you actually went, hang on a second. I don't want to ape this. I'm like, I've realised that my own kind of fuckapapa and my own, mm. my own, like, my own culture is going to be a big part of. Yeah. Was that, was that, is that right? Was that quite a turn, quite a turning point, that that trip or that holiday or? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I went, I went with the preconceptions, you know, damn native, man. The early hip hop, like damn native, the upper hop posse, DLTs. Yeah. They, they showed us they they showed us that you can be yourself within this thing we call and it kind of went away in New Zealand I for went a away bit. man yeah, I went yeah. away and, and when I went you know um, that that trip it kind of reinforced what I was already doing yeah. like because I'd already had the blueprint you know top, type of buzz because you know before that we only saw MC Hammer and Chris Cross and <laughs> and all of that and you know I was young man I, I, I want to know how you got I mean I don't know how far that album spread I was in Wellington but I still um, tell anyone who will listen Which is about Eight people I know No I'm <laughs> kidding But I still say that KDU KD, uh, is like I think it's For my money Probably my favourite Hip hop album In New Zealand ever. Easy Easy Yeah But how Was it was Did you find it In a record shop In, in Flexby Or did someone Pass it on to you or? Um, Tribal Syndicate Right Yeah Tribal Syndicate Was a, was a whole bunch of us At one time There was yes. about 30 of us man And one of the dudes Had that album um, Zombies He's the producer that, yeah. that I still work with now he had that album, yeah, and I had no idea about it, man. I thought, I thought Bone Thugs oh, was, was 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 awesome, and you know, yeah. and, and when I, when he, when I heard Extremities was the first song I heard. This line in it, um, just be patient, brother, and it'll soon come, and don't let the hectic effects of, effects of life overcome. Yeah, you know, and I thought he was talking to me. I felt like he was talking to me, and you know? it's like, bro, just keep keep chipping away, and you'll get there. Danny's like, I, I'd love to have him on this, but I kind of get that. I don't know why he's kind of kind of pulled on back a bit publicly, mm. but um, he's just such an interesting character to me in New Zealand music. He's so, kind of I don't want to say unsung because that sounds like that's, I don't mean that's like disrespectful, but mm. I just that album is so this is such a cheesy word. It's so important. It is, <laughs> you it know, is. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the, the, like I've seen many docos and stuff, and and you know I've, I've participated in a couple just yeah. recently actually, but I, I always asked him. Is hypes on this? Yeah, you know because if hypes ain't on this, that's a champ. So, because if you could, like, without speaking of another man's um, journey and his life and stuff, like, yeah, because they 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 got pretty big there in the like that industry side of things for a while. Mm. Um, 
why do you think he's pulled on back since? Like, just a different life path? or Yeah, I think he's on a personal journey yeah. from what I can, you know, pick up about the man. I yeah. mean, I didn't know him personally. Like, the dude is, is a bit older than me. Yeah. Um, you know what? What I've heard is that he's, you know, he's he's really he's in a good space. Great, you know, yeah. Um, and you know that's a good thing. You know, you're saying yeah. that. Like I've, t- I've talked to a bunch of artists and um, um, because I know that they are on the road hard out too. Like a lot mm. of people when you tour are really young, that just because you're you just have to like. A lot of people just put that down like totally for a while and then come back to it and kind of figure it out. Where were we with? Oh yeah, great story because it's like about Daryl DLT as well. Did you actually go up to Auckland to try and bump into him or track him down? K- kinda, yeah. yeah. Well, I had this thing. I found but, out he was from Hastings. Yeah. Right, and I was like, this dude Change just dropped. Yeah. And we were like, oh, Change yeah, yeah. is the baddest. Anyway, when I decided I'm going to come to Auckland and give this 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 music thing a crack. And um, I said, look, all I need to do is find DLT. We'll make some beats. Be like Dr. Dre and Eminem. <laughs> and I'm going to kill it. Yeah. You know, that was that was kind of what I had in my head. Um, the first when I got here, I did, had no idea where he lived. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I got stuck in a traffic jam. Yeah. Hated it. And I was like, man, I was just about going to like So man, you had no shit. idea where he lived in the whole of Auckland? Well, no. No, no one had even told you a suburb? No, I seen, I seen him... <laughs> At the summit yeah. years ago, I bought a scooter. Yeah, I bought a scooter to try and learn where all these streets were because Auckland was a... I mean, I'm from Flexmere. There's one road, bro. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to... So, anyway, I ended up on the highway going over the over the bridge, um, over the um, the big bridge, and I looked at my gauge. I was running out of petrol. So I pretty much turned into whatever street I could, which ended up being Curran Road. Yeah. And um, I ran out of petrol halfway up that road, outside his house. <laughs> in the city of two million, in it's city geographically of huge. Million. It's crazy. Yeah. He he asked me if I was all right. Uh, do I need a hand? And, yeah. Um, I didn't even click it was him. It was no. night time. Yeah. I didn't even click it was him um, until I That's saw. It's crazy, man. I saw. I went up to the door and I actually asked. Him, I was like, "Man, you're DLT." And he's like, oh, he's asking, you know. And then it's DLT fashion. Yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, I'm from Hasty's, man. He goes, what did you come up here for? And I was like, oh, I'm a rapper. And he goes, oh, of course you are. You're a rapper. Did he think you'd, like, purposely broken down outside or something? I think he did. I yeah. think he did. <laughs> In hindsight, I think he did. He yeah. thought I planned all that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, he, he asked me about rap. And, you know, so you got any raps? And I always carried them on me. Yeah. So I played him some stuff. And he just sat there and gave me this ghastly look. And said, um, "Do you know much about hip hop?" I'm like, "Oh, uh, at the time, I I didn't really. I just knew how to rap." And he's like, "You know," and then he kind of suggested to me, yeah. jokingly, said yeah. that you know, um, you might want to go to um, New York or something, you know, learn yeah. a little bit more, learn about the culture." And yeah, and that was my encounter with DLT. And then, how long did it take till you were in New York? Probably about a year. Wow, awesome. And um, then I think you bumped on into him again, yeah. and actually said you'd been right. And I said I'd been, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he and he laughed. Eh? Yeah, he was like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, I, I didn't think I was serious. Uh, I just said that because it's. I just said that. But they gave you a bit more mana with it. I right? definitely did. Yeah, so he's like, "Okay, man, I'm listening now." Yeah, you know. And I, I had a song at the time it was called Hati Kahungunu. Yeah, I played that to him, and he he just smiled. And he just said, fuck, I love this. 
really great. Yeah, yeah. Because were you? I don't want to dwell too much on this. Like, were you kind of a bit pissed off with him when you left the first time, or like let down, or? Um, there was. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of cussing him out. To be fair, um, but only because I went there naive as hell. Yeah, I was like, man, this is DLT. Tough man. love. And I learned. Awesome I learned a love. lot more <laughs> hard. I learned heaps more about him when I was away, and I was like, oh man, this dude ain't just the producer. He's the dude. You Do you know? reckon you're stubborn? Yep. Just, yeah. Because to. to be in New York a year later, <laughs> I was super stubborn. <laughs> Who'd you go with? Um, so, at the time, there was a, um, my partner at the time uh, performed for um, a group called Kahurangi. Yeah, and they had a base in uh, base in Niagara Falls. Yeah. Um, so I went there first. They had a base. Oh, they, they were had, performing like, they in were the states. Performing in the states. Oh, right, yeah. Right. So they were doing shows, um, Maori shows, Pacific Island show, and um, <coughs> I asked her how far it was from New York. Yeah. And she said, oh, it's about 16 hours on the train or something at the time. And I was like, cool. So I'll come over there, hang out with you, and then I'm go to New York. Yeah. And she was like, oh, can I come? And I'm like, well, yeah, because I don't know anyone there either. Yeah. And she knew someone there we could stay with as well. So we ended up staying there for about a month. I just realized you just got a, you got there pretty soon after 9-11, right? Yep. Was there still a bit of that kind of freakiness in the Bro, air? it was crazy, man. Yeah. Like, I could feel it. I could feel the Wairua and the place was really, really um, podi, yeah. It was really dark. Yeah. Um, went to the site and, you know, it just looked like a huge hangi pit. Yeah. Straight up. Really? Know. Yeah, because they hadn't just, even built the, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, she was still smashed up and I was just like, wow. Um, just the karakia there and, you know, for, for everybody that was there and for myself, um, you know, to... Bless my travels home or our travels home. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then jumped on a plane. <laughs> Sorry, jumped on a plane, man, and just <laughs> said, "Man, I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm thankful. I've got somewhere to go. Yeah, than this place. Yeah, and, and then, then I again, I don't like retelling a man's story, but the th- one thing, another thing that struck me in you talking about what you realized over there mm. when you went to like famous hip hop spots and so on is that um, you felt realized you had a lot more connection. To your culture already than a lot of the dudes over there they seemed yeah. a bit like but lost in the spiritual department right big time man yeah. like the dudes there's skills and his talent and his entrepreneurialism all over the show but in terms of of, of papa and history yeah. and things like that man it, it, it was pretty shallow you yeah. know and um, well i didn't come across anyone that knew anything outside of the streets yeah they didn't know about africa they didn't know about Oh, they might have said that, but they don't know where they were actually from and who they were actually from. And what's a what's a um, good Pakeha um, translation of Faka Papa like roots or yeah yeah your your, your genealogy yeah I'm like or like, your lineage. A lot of us um, <laughs> white folk who came out here on one of the you know few generations before mm. came out on the boats from England or Scotland or wherever it was like we don't have that I don't have that because I, sure. I, like the, the students I teach there's so many different ethnic backgrounds now mm. and so many of them have such a deeper connection to that than than I do or I ever will you know sure so it is it is really important I, I, yeah. I go back to like when my dad got off the boat here and I don't really know much before that yeah you know? sure sure yeah I mean our, our, my 2.0 my ancestors our ancestors yeah they 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 were um they they are you is that go back in the Hawke's Bay or was oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 even before Hawke's Bay yeah. uh, even before you know the the migration you yeah. know uh, um you know it depends how hungry you are for it it's all there but it, it's yeah all probably there. is for me too I just got to go and look for it 
Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's really important because yeah. that's where my power comes from. Talk about the album now. I guess I'm just looking at the time on the recorder. Mm. Has this been a long time in the making? So basically, you, it's 2020 now. How mm. do I forget that? What a year! It's 2020 now. This came out last year, right? 2019. Yeah. And um, is it the same? I couldn't really figure this out. Like I've listened to a bunch of the tunes, mm. but. Is it the same tracks from the 2012 album redone, or are there newer tracks as well? It's oh, newer there's, tracks, right? yeah, there's newer tracks. Yeah, um, so it's just the same by namesake. Yeah, it, it was... It's a little bit confusing, bro, having two albums yeah. with the same name. Well, the first one was, <laughs> to be fair, the first one was a mixtape. Yeah, true, yeah. And, and, um, I'm just on the one. And it was yeah. quite roughly done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't have no skill. I just knew how to rap. Yeah. I bought a mic, and I rapped on stuff, but... Um, now you know about... Sonics and production, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and like all of that, and I was like, "Wow!" So maybe three of the songs, yeah, um, that I had on the original album um, ended up coming on to this one, but there was a, there's still another twelve, thirteen songs that that weren't originally on there. You're chipping away. You got a family. You got full time work here. How long did it take to um, put together the new album? Been well, a few years, I would yeah. guess, man. Well, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Well, from Go to Woe, two thousand two to twenty nineteen. That's seven years. You know. Hang on, now you're getting decades wrong. 2012. Yeah, yeah, 2012. yeah, yeah. What did I say? You said 2002. I've given you that. <laughs> you oh, the decades wrong. Oh, maybe I just said it wrong because I meant 12. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, about seven years from Go to Worry. But I didn't go out to make an album. I just kind of created music. And then I thought I had enough music there. I'd better put an album out. Um, it took a lot longer. But in saying that, it, it's more of a life journey for me. It wasn't an album. It's more of a timeline, you know. No, totally. So you got, I mean, you've got, we kind of touched on this already, but you have, um, royalties cheesy, but you've got some really respected OGs and kind of almost greatest of all times as well on the album. You've got Shay, mm. you've got Danny, Damn Native, mm. you've got Scribe. I mean, I'm sure they get asked to do stuff all the time, man. Like, mm. talk a bit about how you got each of them on the album. I think it's really interesting getting that, yeah. that mana from them, you know? It starts from mutual respect, yeah. um, but also um, kaupapa, you know, so that's, you know, it's like your subject matter or, or your, your values as an as a MC, as an artist, as a person. Yeah. Um, that's what that's what resonated, you know, what what, what created the relationship yeah. between all of those people. Um, they heard what I was doing um, in, in terms of uh, my direction, you yeah. know, and, and, and with the music. So it didn't take a lot of, really um sitting there and convincing or anything it was more mutual respect yeah and you know uh those those dudes are the pioneers um for for, for me yeah um in my eyes you know scribble he's one he's he's one of the greatest you know i think he might Danny. be the greatest depending on who you talk to yeah well that's right i mean yeah. like he's definitely um great he's, like, he's on the short list <laughs> yeah man like if he was a rugby player bro he'd be probably like like tana umanga or something yeah, you know, yeah. that you just you can put someone else there, but they ain't going to be yeah, yeah, as effective. An, that's right? a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're always going to remember that dude. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, Danny was the same, you know. Um, yeah. Danny was like Jonah, you know. Um, when he played, oh, yeah. watch out, you know. Um, and, and you can you can so say who's, that. So who's Shay then? Well, Shay, Shay's a mastermind, bro. No, no, in the rugby. <laughs> oh, if Shay was a rugby player, he'd, yeah. be, he'd be Fitzpatrick, bro. <laughs> I only say that because he's a leader, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's nothing to do with his, anything else. It's yeah. just like that dude is just so long-standing. There's no yeah. one that can replace him. Yeah. He will run longer than everybody else yeah. until they all fall no, over. I've never heard someone say a bad word about him. Yeah. 
bro. You know, it's because of his values and yeah. who he is as a person. His yeah. music, it's it's healing, man. Yeah, you know, it's it, it speaks to you. It have you met his old man? Have you met yeah. other people? Yeah, so amazing you get man, it right, bro. You know, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you, and you can see this Polynesian panther. Yeah, you yeah. just see the strength in his in his um in his in his calmness. Yeah, you know, in his ahua and his and his wairua. Yeah, yeah. I'll spend a lifetime and not be. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I'll spend a, just my disposition. I'll spend a whole lifetime and not get calm. Shay's uh, kind of that calmness you speak of, eh? Oh, but everyone, everyone has their own superpower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a superpower too, Brian. I think you, you know, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. following it. Yeah, so. that's good. That's good. Um, fate, fate, hey, like, um, how can you say there's not spiritual forces in the world mm-hmm. when? Um, you break down outside Del T's house, and then, however many years later, I'm guessing the story is 15, 20 years later, mm. you're polite with someone else about um, who gets the last pork bun, and you meet a beat maker you've been <laughs> looking oh for. Oh my gosh, yeah. One thing is this journey in hip hop has taught me um, is to trust my instinct. Yeah. You know, because instinct is everything. Yeah. You know, this world that we live in today, it tries to teach. You know, tell us to re- rely on our brains. You know, and we're not feeling. You know, so it's, it's more of a thinky world yeah. that we live in now, that affects our feelings. But you know, um, as a as a MC, as a freestyle MC, as a writer, as a performer, as a person, as a Maori, as a all of that, instinct is everything, man. Yeah. You know, and and the more I trusted it, not just musically, just in my personal life, um, my professional life, even. Yeah. Um, it's never really put me wrong. So, you know, um, there's a lot of stories about how instinct has just put me in the right place where I needed to be. Um, and I've re- I've recognized that straight off the bat. So it's, I don't know, I don't know what that is. I, I just think that I'm, I'm supposed to be doing something and the more I do, the more I see what I'm supposed to be doing. But then we still need to explain how <laughs> I've only told the punchline, which is that, you were looking for someone, mm. and you ended up in a bakery. Yeah, in Mangere. Yeah, his name is Tene. Yeah. He's an incredible, incredible beat maker. Um, yeah, a Kong's Bakery. Um, apparently the best bakery. Well, of course, Mangere is going to say they got the best bakery. I had to try it for myself. You got to. You know, Tene, yeah. Tene, he knew that too. Yeah. We were there, um, <laughs> and boom. He said, what are you doing up here? I was like, because I didn't actually know him. No, I'm like, I, I passed, you know, like, I was like, yeah. bro, you're Tenny. I know who you are. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're Tipeee, because he's quite close with Scribe, you know? Yeah. So they grew up in Christchurch together and stuff. I didn't actually know that. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense why he produces some of his music. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man. Like, I knew about you through that. And, you know, online stuff, but actually face-to-face, it was yeah. very different. Very different. But you weren't there looking for him that day. You'd just been kind of looking for him in general. Yeah, yeah, in general, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the conversation happened. Like, bro, what are you doing with music? He's like, man, nothing right now. What are you doing? Yeah. And yeah, man, we were just eating pork buns and chicken kebabs and creating music. So, yeah. Well, the last one, <laughs> really, but I didn't hear is um, he got the pork bun mm. that day. Um, what did you get instead? <laughs> I got. Um, I'd go potato top pie or something like I that. I got the myself. best producer <laughs> in the Southern Hemisphere. Excellent. Uh, who's, who's very, if we didn't get this part across, he's not like a big noter or an out-in-public guy. No. He's like a stealth ninja who appears Super. occasionally. People don't find TNA, he finds you. <laughs> <laughs> and much love, TNA, man. Wow, wow, you know, we've created some massive, 
massive music that I can't wait to share. The first one's already out, Ariki. Wow, so you're energised already after yeah. releasing the other album. Great. Yeah, Ariki's already out. W- um, where can we find that? Yeah, on all platforms. Yeah. Spotify. Um, Sounds like we're ending. We're not quite yet, but... YouTube, all important. of that. Um, and there's another one dropping on Friday. I don't know if we could say dates or whatever on here. Yeah, do what you want. Friday the 2nd of October, Warrior drops. 2020. Yeah, man, 2020. This will be up for years. Um, and, you know, your humility strikes me as well, but we've got to mention that um, you... You won a Māori Music Award for the album, right? Was that was that a pretty oh, yeah. special moment? Um, monumental. Yeah. Um, not for well, yes, for me, but the journey up to that point yeah. it was long and arduous, man. And the I just couldn't like a lot of the people that were pivotal in that in that album were in that room yeah, for other right. reasons. Yeah. They weren't there for the album. They were there doing their own stuff and uh, attending and all of that. And and when I stood up. I, I could see them all, man. Like, yeah. like Tyna, like Magic, like, yeah. you know. Um, Sid was there. There's a whole bunch of people, producers were there. Adam was there. Yeah. You know, Tribal Syndicate was represented there. My dad was there. He's on the album, too. I was going to say, is your old man still around? And he yeah. was there. Great. Yeah, and, and he's on the album, man. Yeah. Like, he's on a song. Is he a music? Well, no, not not per se, but yeah. he he fed me the music that, that that I still go back to, yeah. you know. Um, so he's responsible for my flavor, I guess. I noticed, man. I loved. I just. Uh, I've not really heard another person go back as far as, like, in terms of rappers, at least. Mm. But it makes total sense. You you're talking about the influence of like Prince Tuiteka and mm. all those like all that Maori show band circuit that yeah. did like the thing in Sydney and back here and like to me it sounded like that learning to be. An entertainer, an yeah. all-round kind of stage person. Oh, most is that the music that you're talking about that yep. Dad had in the house? Yep, yep. But yeah. T. James, yeah. Prince Tui Ticker. Yeah. Now those two tell a crack-up joke and then just and play then, a, a beautiful song. Oh, uh, yeah, like oh, this dude, man. What can he do? Yeah. You no, know, but it was about the timing and about the 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 craft yeah. that got you to that point. You might have heard that joke before. Yeah. A hundred times, maybe. Yeah. But you still. Appreciated yeah, the way he the, dropped it, man. Well, it's like, like street jokes, yeah. you know, jokes that everyone tries to tell. Certain people can just can they yeah. show people that's what they do. They that's a superpower, it. man. That's a superpower. You know, some people yeah. just do it well. Some people struggle. Yeah, and they still just remember the person that did it well, <laughs> not the other person. <laughs> I noticed some um, like you because you, you said you went to Kohanga Day and stuff. So yeah. it's not like you had no um, Maori language mm. in, in your earlier years, but you seem to have been making a real effort lately and kind of publicly as well for mm. for like people who follow you and stuff to kind of learn today. Mm. How's that going, bro? Like, are you because yeah. you've got tracks where you rap um, what sounds like you speak it fluently? Yeah, there is. There is. Um, te Reo Maori is something that I've always um, I've always drawn to. But I wouldn't say that I learned to speak it at, at an early age because yeah. it was more I was around that environment a lot, yeah. you know, and tikanga Māori, like the way we do things Māori, yeah. like things like karakia, pipiha, and re- memorised stuff is different. But yeah. it, as I got older, it became sort of a little bit uncool and people yeah. weren't doing it as much and, yeah. you know, and my mum stopped speaking and um, then we started not going to the marae that much and, you know, these kinds of things. I was like, man, what's yeah. going on? So right through my teenage years... And everyone at school, like you're saying, wants to be Biggie or Tupac. It's well, that's like, right, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was not cool to be Māori. And, yeah. and, and, and I was like, wow. So it wasn't until I left school um, that I started really um, delving into that and, you know, starting from 
from zero really I just knew that there was something and it's still there the journey uh, for me if I learn something yeah I'm gonna write it in a song straight yeah. away you know like I'm gonna document it the same way my my, my ancestors did, can you, know? you co- can you converse with someone are you better at speaking or understanding this yeah. isn't so much about today today and your mm-hmm. culture I mean it's really that, that's an important part of asking about this yeah. but just like I'm fascinated about how people learn languages in general like yeah I mean to, to be super honest man these heaps yeah. of things I can I can do a, a mihi or um, you know a pepeha or, or say certain things commands in te yeah. reo Māori but for someone that's proficient in the reo yeah. um, I struggle um, it's, it's, in, it's intimidating you know it's like yeah. someone that's a, a brilliant freestyler and you're just trying to jump in and just hold your own it's 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 nerve wracking, man. Well, speaking of nerve wracking, I'm not really nerve wracked, but I had to like watch your video and transcribe this or like write it down and how I think the Māori was spelt. Mm. But if I said to you, "Karetaku Korero Māori ite teno pai," is mm. that what you were telling yes. us to say? Yeah. What does yeah. that mean? That that means just um, uh, my my te reo Māori is is not that flash. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, wow. <laughs> Even it, flash it, is that word actually? Fl- I thought you were using flash as like a a slang. So actually, flat. Which word's yeah. flash? Because I recognise a bunch um, of those words. No, it's more. Um, how how would you use it? Because people, yeah, Maori to English doesn't translate Karitaku, directly. Kōrero Maori. So I might have spelled kāre kāre. How's that? I spelled it K R E. I'm not this right. Yeah. Anyway, kāre kāre kāre. That's kaore. why I've not pronounced it right because I spelled it wrong. Yeah, so it's not that good. But we would say not that flash. You know. Hey, finishing probably finished soon, but it's a bit of a deep one. But it's because we talked about the youth um, guidance, you know, the, the the work you're doing earlier on. Mm. We didn't end up talking more about some of the struggles Flax Mayor has, but it's kind of well documented, and you've talked about it at length anyway. Mm. Um, like, with the this is a big question, you can answer it however you want. Like, yeah. with the people you see come through here, whether it's like big, big, big picture. Or like small everyday things. What's what? What are some solutions to like some of the traps that people are in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just a nice light question to finish off. I think um, one of the most valuable things that I know that the boys retain is this thing they called the star model. Yeah. So the star model is like star S T A R. Yeah. You know, and the star model is something that can apply to everything. So it's a it's a acronym for for stop. Yeah. Think, act, yeah. reflect. Yeah. So stop, think, act, reflect. A lot of the boys don't have impulse control. Yeah, they, yeah, impulse control. So yeah. okay, stop. Hold up, man. Let's have a think about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do the do, and then, man, what went right? What went wrong? Yeah, yeah, right. You know, so you can apply that to everything. The way you tie your shoes, the way you brush your hair, the yeah. way you do anything. Um, the star model is something that it's it's a tool that's out there for anyone to use. Yeah. Um, and I use it as an adult, you know. Did you have it? Because at that age, like, I didn't get into a heap of trouble, mm. but I, I know I learned that later in life than a lot of people do, man. Like, have you kind yeah. of always had that? That. Well, I think instinctually, yeah. yeah but it's good to have. When I came here and I started working for um, Mind, so this is the um, organisation I work for here yeah. in Mind, um, under the Graham Dingle Foundation, this um, dude named Stephen Boxer. Yeah. Now, this dude is, has been working in the sector for a long, long time. He knows his stuff, and that's part of the training. When I saw it, 
And I thought, man, the star model, that's so easy to remember. So easy to remember, and it just gets you out of so many oh, potentially bad situations. If they forget everything else that they, <laughs> they learn, yeah, yeah, the yeah. star model. So yeah. they did a study, AUT did a study, yeah. and they interviewed all the boys over, over a certain period of time, yeah. um, and, and they keep coming up. Yeah. You know, so in terms of retention, because you can say, yeah, I taught them this. Yeah. But you don't actually know if they're going to retain that. Yeah. Or, or uh, you know, uh, that day they're going to forget it, you know, an hour later. Yeah. Uh, and I, I get it. I mean, I, to- I get, totally get it anyway. But even just like if they stop and remember that acronym and then just remember that they were here mm. and things were going well and somewhere that they were being yes. looked after yes. was telling them that. It's yes. like, well, that came from somewhere that I'm getting good things from. Most so, definitely. Yeah. yeah that, that's the vibe. That's yeah. the vibe. Yeah. So they, they when they reflect on that, they're like, "Yeah, man, that's actually how I dealt with this last time. Let, let's let's yeah. apply that to this." And oh, that's awesome, you man. Know, um, so that's something that anyone can use out yeah. there, not just people in trouble, um, you know, not just young fellas, but anyone out there could use the star model. So that's great, man, because that's the micro stuff I talked about. This perfect bang on, just one's enough, you know. But mm. then the broader, like big picture stuff. I kind of asked mm. Daryl this. I can't remember. What, where we got to with this but um, you know it's the whole it's a big it's sort of like the unfuck the world thing to be honest mm-hmm. like what's something kind of quite crucial for um, indigenous people that New Zealand might change at this stage you know or work on or get better on man I really think it's um, self-efficacy yeah you know um, and I say self-efficacy because it's about self-belief man yeah you know, we we live in a country where tall poppy syndrome is crazy, running rampant. It's just everywhere. You know, your teacher, your dog, yeah. Everyone is scared to do something amazing. Yeah. You know, let's just take an example. Uh, example: Israel Adesanya. Right? Oh man! Now you that look fight at, on Sunday. I was but, so proud of him. <laughs> but it's not just that fight. It's his yeah, whole. It's his whole, whole thing. Yeah. Thing. You know, this yeah. dude believes he is the best and he yeah. is the champ, and he will do it, and he delivers every time. And the thing is, people go, "Ah, oh, he talks too much. He talks too much. He talks too much. You shouldn't say this. You shouldn't say yeah. that." But when you believe as much as he does, that's the only way you get to the the height. He believes that to a point yeah. where he's willing to die for it. Yeah. You know, in the same way Muhammad Ali was, the same way Michael Jordan was. You yeah. know, this dude will just, he won't stop yeah. until he gets it. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, if I was to take someone like Scribe, that was the advice he gave me, man. Yeah. Just be undeniable, you know, be undeniable to a point where they have to choose you. You have, they have to, they have to include you. Hey, man, it's been awesome. Um, It's been really great, actually. You're moving back to the Coromandel. Are you going to do this work from down there? Or yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. You're going to come drive back up and. Well, the thing is, there's kids down there too. So of course you know, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for me, um, I've done the stuff in Hastings and Flaxmere and Waikato. Yeah. Um, in Auckland, and I'll I'll be doing it for the rest of you know I'll, as long as those are the three things I'm passionate about, man: music, culture, and people. You and know? I've said that's a good place to end. I reach over and shake your hand, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very Cheers, much. Cheers, man. I'm, I'm walking with the Ariki. I'm walking with the Ariki. And I'ma bring the guards with me. Yeah, gotta aim for the stars. Fight court, they don't wanna buy it. The pod talking to the Ariki. I'm walking with the Ariki. When I come, I'ma bring the guards with me. All I'm in it. Gotta aim for the stars. Fight court, they don't wanna buy it. The pod talking to the Ariki. I'm walking with the Ariki. When I come, I'ma bring the guards with me. Yeah, I'm from the Wops Bay. He tried to tell me.
me what to do, man, I say what, babe I'ma submit, I had my days of Mr. Know-It-All Respect the past, make the future, that's my protocol I go to war, let the world know who we really are Feel the spirit of my Tupuna and the Urupa My inspiration, my father, Hapu, Tamariki Most of my life, I kinda felt like something's kinda missing It's really missing, then I learned about my fucker, papa Got Tikahungu, Nukotaki, Tumutoku, Waka Through the Hako with my brothers, uncles and cousins Honey, is kinda buzzy Knowing your part is something to murder of this country And yeah, I started with nothing, but had plenty of spirit Lyrics is out of limits, man, I flow in the feeling from New Zealand, no tear at all, represent A lot of pride and comfortable in my own skin, my own skin Gotta aim for the stars, fight core, they don't wanna buy it The pod talking to the Arctic, I'm walking with the Arctic When I come, I'ma bring the guards with me, I'm in it Gotta aim for the stars, fight core, they don't wanna buy it The pod talking to the Arctic, I'm walking with the Arctic When I come, I'ma bring the guards with me, hey be American, there only ever be one Dr. Dre or Eminem, just look around at the country that you living in, this is your final, ain't no point trying to pretend to them you listening, that's a battle that you never win so think about what you really show when you're next to kin, like Richie Valens been international ever since, la la bamba and he did it all in Mexican, he kept the real cause he's proud of his cinnamon skin, said in the president's driven by the vision when music is the medicine, someone's knocking at the door, let him in, late night in the studio like let him in, just trying to get it in, and yeah I started with something that uplifted my spirit, the so explicit out of respect for my parents from New Zealand, no tear out all represent. Got them proud and comfortable in my own skin, my own skin. Gotta aim for the stars, fight core, they don't wanna buy it. The pod talking to the Arctic, I'm walking with the Arctic. When I come, I'ma bring the guards with me, I'm in it. Gotta aim for the stars, fight core, they don't wanna buy it. The pod talking to the Arctic, I'm walking with the Arctic. When I come, I'ma bring the guards with me, I'm in it. Gotta aim for the stars, fight core, they don't wanna buy it. The pod talking to the Arctic. I'm walking with the Arctic. When I come, I'ma bring the guards with me. 